Welcome to the RV Travel Podcast. I'm Scott Linden, your host. Thanks for joining me. Hey, if you're on the RVTravel.com website or Facebook page for that matter, just uh, put us in the background, keep listening, and enjoy the rest of the daily tips newsletter or the entire website or the Facebook page. Get in on the discussion any way you like. Can't wait to hear from you. We've got a great podcast in store for you. We'll tour the new cruiser hitch off-grid trailer. We'll stay connected with tech. Got an expert there. And then we also have a tire expert, so we'll talk tires. Get your thoughts on a couple things. The first one uh, will be right up. All about bright lights next door at the campground. And then... The survey on the RVTravel.com website recently was about whether we are friendlier now or not. Want to weigh in on any of this? Give us a call, 541-382-1726, or go to the podcast page and uh, chime in. Yeah, so um, we're getting ready for yet another trip, trying to figure out how to get everything we can stowed in the trailer most of the time. And, and if you have advice on uh, what you put in there and leave in there, as opposed to what you shuttle back and forth from the place to the RV and back, love to hear from you on that. We are um, still at the stage where we are, we're not committed, I guess, completely to that whole idea of leaving enough stuff in there all the time to where we can just hook it up and go, but we're getting closer on every trip. And this is the time of year when we start thinking about those sort of things, isn't it? Got big plans for the weekend? Where are you headed? And if you're headed to a campground with neighbors nearby, maybe you can relate to this on the RV Advice Facebook page, one of the many Facebook pages for specific topics that RVTravel.com has and if you're interested in those, just go to rvtravel.com, click on resources, and then follow the link. You can't miss it. Richard Chabrahez puts an image up there that I thought, I thought it was, a, you know, a screen grab from the Titanic movie. It was, it, it was just a bunch of dark and then a bunch of blue lights, screaming blue lights. Then he points out that, no, that's the next door neighbor in the campground, and they don't seem to know that those lights are annoying everybody who's out there trying to have a nightcap or enjoy their campfire or look at the stars or anything else. And he asks if that bothers anybody but him. And uh, Richard, I will be the first to admit it bothers the heck out of me, but it also bothers the heck out of Brenda McCarty Hankin. She said last year she ran into a lot of that. A lot of those people are leaving them on all night. Now, in um, defense, maybe they're like us. We didn't even know what some of those switches were for on the interior until somebody came outside and said, hey, why is this on? So maybe that's part of the problem. Gary Gilmore is of the same opinion. He says... Uh, it's annoying, but more than anything, if I want to look at the stars, um, I can't do that. If I wanted all that light, I'd have stayed in the city. June Constable reminds everybody that we don't need to show off with lights or outdoor music or loud gatherings. 
be someone the other campers admire. And Gary Hall capped it with this. If I wanted to see lights, I'd go to Las Vegas. Yeah, absolutely true, Gary. Thank you. And um, interesting, not a single person suggested that was a good idea. And I don't blame them. All right. Quick reminder, the RV Travel Podcast is brought to you in part by softstartrv.com. That's where you learn all about this rig. Let me just hang on just a second. Okay, here it is. I got it. I think I mentioned that last week, and I'm just opening up the box now. The first thing, of course, I'm going to have to do, and I threatened to and never got around to it, was read the instructions, which actually are not in here. The instructions in the box are go to the website, watch the video, get all the support you need, see all the frequently asked questions. Okay, I promise to do that. In the box, a nice, clear envelope holding all of the little splicing devices. I think you call them wire nuts and then some other things in there because now you don't have to you don't have to cut wires to install your soft start. Um, and then of course a nice note from Brian and Doug and then the unit itself it's so about three inches tall, about six inches long and about five inches wide with the wires all ready to go, stripped and everything. As you may recall, Soft Start RV is that device that allows you to run your air conditioner even if you got a wimpy generator out there. No, don't point at me, I already know that. Yeah, it's all about that first few microseconds of turning on your air conditioner. With Soft Start RV, you don't need to worry about that clunk, that big power drain that will generally not take place and won't get your air conditioner literally up to speed. If you want to learn more about how it all works, go to softstartrv.com slash RV travel. Here it is again, softstartrv.com slash RV travel. Okay, so let's get this party started with a topic near and dear to my heart. I might have related this once or twice, but the last hunting season between me and my buddy, we had nine tire failures. Okay, part of it's just wild living or hunting, I guess. But the other part is probably a lack of knowledge on my part, and maybe on your part too. So I brought Mar Roger Marble on board to talk with us. You know Roger from RVTravel.com and from uh, all the expertise he brings to the table from decades in the industry. Roger, welcome to the RV Travel Podcast. Thank you, Scott. It's good to talk with you and um, hoping you're doing well. Um, tell us, let's just start. How'd you get into the tire business? Well, uh, I was always kind of interested in things mechanical and cars and uh, got my engineering degree and at the time was really interested in car racing and Indianapolis and stuff like that. And at the time, Firestone was uh, a major uh, player at Indianapolis and in racing and uh, interviewed and they hired me. And 40 years later, I retired. And I've told a lot of people that I actually loved my job. Out of that whole racing career, what was the highlight? 
early on, I had the opportunity to work with uh, a couple of race drivers like Mario Andretti and Al Unser Sr., um, learn some stuff about what they consider the right way of do, you know, solving a problem or doing mechanical improvements on a vehicle. Um, but I didn't spend the whole 40 years in racing. A lot of the time was spent in uh, uh, passenger and light truck tires, which would be essentially I- almost identical to the uh, RV trailer tires. Uh, early on, I did work on truck tires, which would be similar to the uh, stuff on big class A motorhomes. You know, I had all that experience in tires, and after I retired, um, got an RV, and out and about, I actually went to a uh, RV rally, a large collection of, you know, people with RVs got together, and I sat in a couple seminars on, you know, how to make your refrigerator work and all that other stuff that comes with RV life. But I kept hearing people ask questions and complaints about tires. So I talked to the rally organizers, and uh, they now have me giving seminars everywhere from Massachusetts to Oregon to Wyoming to Georgia on tires at their large RV conventions. Well, that's a good transition to my first question, which is, what is the most common question you get at those rallies and seminars? How much air should I put in my tires? That yeah. <laughs> is pretty universal. And the, the disappointing thing from my viewpoint is the, the information is, is out there. It's, if you have a trailer, it's on a sticker that is on the outside driver's side front end of your trailer. There's a little sticker. It's about a four by six or some are larger than that, maybe uh, six by eight, but they tell you the Goward gross axle weight rating. It tells you the tire size, uh, the load range or ply rating, and it tells you the inflation the RV manufacturer is suggesting for the trailer. Now, if you have a motorhome, um, it's either on the door jam, if there's a door at the driver's position, or in the case of the big class A's, it's inside at about where your left elbow is. Again, it's a sticker. It tells you the maximum load capacity for your tires. It tells you the size and ply rating for your tires, and it tells you the RV company's suggested inflation. And if you get a new RV, that's the inflation you ought to run until you do some extra work to learn things about the actual loading on your tires, and then you can get into fine-tuning the uh, pressure. Of course, I noticed that um, after the fact, but did figure it out, no no harm done. But notably, and, and I, I'm probably not the only one, on a travel trailer, a pull-behind travel trailer, the tire the the recommended tire pressure is much greater than most passenger vehicles isn't it yes it is and and the reason for that is that cars actually have 
much bigger tires as a, as a percentage, if you will, of their weight than RV trailers. RV trailers have, um, it isn't a safety margin, that's not the right terminology, but the terminology is reserve load. That's the uh, capacity of the tire to support X pounds as a percentage of the actual weight that that trailer is putting on the tires. And in cars, there's about a 30% margin, 30% difference between the tire capacity and what the car actually is put, load is putting on the tires. For RV trailers, it's in the neighborhood of zero to 10%. Wow. Well, that's scary, but um, there must be... And the other thing, the other thing that's important to remember is that that's if you, if you load it properly. And the reality is, with some 20,000 data points that I'm aware of, where RVs have actually been put on a scale, the majority, more than 50%, have a tire or axle in overload. Even more scary. Uh, is yep. Are we just that careless, uh, or we, is it that we, we, again, are just ignorant of the, the, the total weight we should be pulling? I don't think it's careless. I think it's you were not given the information you should have been given when you were making the purchase. Your yeah. car has, has tires that are tested and evaluated by teams of engineers uh, at the car companies, working with teams of engineers at the tire companies uh, to arrive at the best um, you know, overall tire for that car. Uh, in general, I think it's not a stretch to say that for RV trailers, there's only one question the RV manufacturer asks, and that's how cheap can I get the tire? Boy, What's the oh smallest, boy. least that, expensive, cheapest tire I can get? That is uh, scary, but in my limited experience, also very true. All right, we, yep. we, we're playing the hand we were dealt. We got tires on our new RV, cheap flimsy, whatever else they are, or maybe really good ones. Give us the care and feeding of an RV tire, Roger. Okay. Uh, yes. Inflation should be checked on the, in the morning of each travel day. And if, if you're going to be moving, you should check the inflation every morning. Now, luckily, technology is here today, and there are aftermarket tire pressure monitoring systems. We get those in all our cars now, mandatory, but they're not mandatory in RVs. So you have to go and buy an aftermarket system, but that will monitor the pressure in your tires and give you a little alarm. Um, it's a little monitor about the size of your cell phone um, on your dash, and it will alert you if you're losing pressure. So that's a, a major safety um, advance uh, for the RV owner, but you need to make sure the air is in the tire. Uh, the other thing is you need to get on a truck scale, truck stop scale, 
at least once. Don't be afraid. Um, the truckers aren't going to run you over. It's less than 20 bucks. You drive on the scale. You pre- look at the, read the instructions, press the button. A guy will talk to you on the intercom, and you say, I got the RV, and he'll tell you, wait a minute. Uh, less than 30 seconds later, he'll tell you, you're done. You pull off to the side. You go in, pay your 10 to $20, um, and you'll get a nice printout, and it tells you what the real weight is on your RV. So now you know whether or not you're overloaded or are properly loading your tires. And when you know that, then you know the inflation. And if you make sure the inflation is correct, when you start every travel day, you'll probably eliminate 50% of the chance of having a failure. Let's go to that, because I don't know about you, but the first time I pulled a travel trailer, my biggest fear, first off, was watching it pass me on a downhill drive. The second was watching one of the tires pass me while I was driving. And the third, and still right near the top, is, okay, I got two tires on each side of my travel trailer. If one blows, will the other tire on that side basically allow me to safely pull over to the side without losing control. Yes. Whee! Yes. If, if you if you got if you got a tandem uh that's two axles or triple axles sure. on a large trailer. Yeah. If you got two or three axles, yes. Good. That's and, the best news uh, I've had all day. Thank you, Roger. By the way, yep. that's Roger Marble, tire expert. I'm Scott Linden expert in nothing but the host of RV Travel Podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, Roger, if we don't have those uh, those uh, tire uh, pressure monitoring devices in our tire slash wheel, um, and we're just going to the parts house and we're going to buy a tire gauge, there's a whole bunch of choices out there. Uh, what would you recommend? You're going to spend between 10 and 20 bucks to get a digital gauge. Righto. In, in general, when I've checked gauges, the, uh, the stick type, that's the stuff you can, you know, you put on the gauge and the little plastic thing pops out. I grew up with those, least, yeah. Yeah, I know. They're the least reliable. Okay. Now, they can be good. They can be good. But as a group, um, because you have that big moving thing, um, they can be the least reliable, and digitals tend to be more accurate. And if you're within two PSI of the real number, two to five, depending on your application, is that's just fine. That's my general recommend. You don't have to. I see people say, "Oh, I spent $150 on my gig." You know, well, that's fine, but you know, you don't have to spend that kind of money. Um, I have three digital gauges of course i've got three because i you know i use them i test them and i have certified gauges and stuff like that but i spent twelve dollars each for the digital gauges i use no oh, i'm glad to hear you that. don't have to spend a lot if you subscribe to rv travel it's the you know daily newsletter and every week i have a post on rv travel and if you read the post, you can get that to my blog. And on the blog, I have 
some 400 posts just on tires and valves and stuff like that and how much air to put in your tires. Uh, you know, the other thing, uh, when I started making a study of this sort of thing, after nine blowouts, you can imagine I thought I'd better learn a little bit more. But um, I um, I noticed some people big on the uh, the temperature of the tires and measuring the actual temperature of that rubber, I guess, is all you can really measure. Is there any value in that? No. <laughs> That's the short answer. I'm sorry, but the answer is no. Okay. Because the hot spot that you want, you can't measure. It's it's internal to the structure of the tire. Okay, so I'll find another use for that pretty cool infrared uh, laser powered Star Trek uh, that, thermometer. That thing. That thing is is fine on metal parts. Uh huh. It's good for your hub um, to check for bearings brake drag and stuff like that the problem is rubber is a good insulator and it so you have a piece of metal and the whole piece of metal is usually at the same temperature sure but you can have hundred degree different between two areas on a tire that are maybe an inch apart okay and that's the difference between failure and, and not failure so mm -hmm. no the, the temperature and I've actually got that in writing that I, I see little need for the temperature, and it scares more people than it helps. Yeah, I believe that. And I haven't tried it on my tires yet, but I've measured everything from the ground to my hunting dog and had some real fun with it. And I guess I'll just leave it at that for now. Yep. You're, you're listening to the RV Travel Podcast. I'm Scott Linden. That's Roger Marble. Roger knows more about tires than, uh, well, he's retired. I'm sorry, I couldn't resist, but he's still talking yep, tires. I get that. Yes, you do. Roger, uh, what are the other things that we should always be doing? You know, should we be covering these tires and protecting them from the sun? Do we spray something on them? How do we keep our tires in the best shape possible? Keep them in the shade, mm -hmm. which means um, now there are, white vinyl tire covers. There are mesh screens that hang down off the side of the big class A RV units. I know some guys just have some pieces of plywood that they just lean up against sure. the side of their, because you park it always in the same spot and it's all, two tires always get the same sun and that can add or well, the sun can cut months and even years off of the life of a tire, depending on where you live and how it's parked in the sun. Okay. So just get it in the shade is the best thing you can do for the tires after, you know, we've made sure we're not overloading it and we have the right amount of air in the tire. We're going to leave it at that for now. Take care of your tires, everybody. They're your only contact with the road, and let's hope you stay in contact with the road. Roger Marble, you can learn more about him and read his stuff at rvtravel.com. That'll lead you to his blog, where there's even more out there. And believe me, believe me, I've learned the hard way. Be good to your tires. Roger, thanks for being a part of the RV Travel Podcast. Thanks, Scott. Now, don't you go away, because we've got, coming up next, a tour of the new Hitch off-grid trailer.
coming up right after this from rvtravel.com. Hey, if you're not a subscriber yet, you ought to be for all sorts of reasons. You'll get the member edition of the newsletters earlier. All you got to do is make a little one-time financial contribution and you're a part of the club. You get everything that, well, membership should get. And it's all right there. Learn more at rvtravel.com. Always excited about stuff that's new and different uh, in the RV world. And that's uh, why we've asked John Jones, the senior general manager at Cruiser RV, to give us a kind of the 50 cent tour of their new rig. They call it the Hitch. John, why don't you explain, first off, the name and then the concept behind this new rig? Well, the big thing is for us with Cruiser RV, it's uh, this the segment that we got into wasn't something that we were not unfamiliar with. Uh, you know, we did it in the years past, uh, but you know, it's something we wanted to go back to our heritage as a company. Uh, so we definitely uh, really wanted to stay in that uh, seven wide. So it's seven foot overall uh, width uh, and staying realistically that 20 foot segment, right? So toolability is huge with the increase of new buyers that we're seeing in the industry today. Uh, a lot of people, it's a big investment to have an RV. It's a big investment to get into this lifestyle, uh, but it's also an investment for a tow vehicle. So the great thing with this product is, you know, lightweight, 3,500 pounds and towable by uh, small SUVs or bigger SUVs, right? Yeah, I get it. And uh, geez, it wasn't so long ago when that was exactly what I wanted. Unfortunately, the other half of this equation wanted something bigger. So um, I'm, look, <laughs> I'm looking seriously at one for just my trips and, uh, and yours seems to fit the bill in that regard. Let's take a quick spin around the exterior. And by exterior, I also mean underneath and inside some of that stuff for example the thing that really got me excited about your rig is the holding tank capacity uh well the big thing is the holding capacity is uh, a lot of times in these smaller units you're seeing 28 30 uh you know uh in fresh water right you know uh we have this the 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 same for this hitch and go right so a lot of people are hitching going and they're kind of going off the beaten path so big thing with us was you know stay out camp longer right and a uh, big thing was water capacity and that's something we hear every day and uh it's always been a restraint in the rv industry but even in a unit that's 20 feet long uh you know, seven feet wide, we were able to fit 46 gallons of fresh water in this small unit. That uh, seems to be a big winner in my book. How about other things outside on the exterior that might be um, new and different to most of us? Well, a big thing is going to be solar, right? Uh, we're going to put a 110-watt solar panel as a standard on this product, uh, as well as uh, a 1,200-watt converter. Um, so you're going to be able to run some of the amenities, uh, you know, after going off the beaten path. Um, you know, we wanted, we wanted this unit to have... Uh, uh, a, a rugged frame and a rugged uh, a look to it, but it also functions too. So uh, we actually put torsion axles on this. You're going to have amazing ground clearances with this uh, this product. Uh, so you know it's not going to be you're not going to be limited to uh, uh, basically a brick and mortar campground, right? People are going out farther, and you know with the amount of units sold in the industry right now, campgrounds are becoming. Uh, you know you're going to have to plan your trips very far out, you know, to be able to get into these campsites 
campsite. So be able to go off the beaten path and create your own campsite is a, is an awesome amenity. And, you know, this product definitely uh, provides that. Are there any other exterior features? I'm looking at something, uh, say, on one of the wheel wells that might be uh, of, of real value to somebody who maybe wants to get outside the rig once in a while. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are cooking, they're entertaining, they're, they're taking a lot of their amenities from home with them on the road. So we actually uh, developed a wheel well, uh, it's a steel wheel well, so it's going to be powder coated, you know, structured, so you're going to be able to step on it. But we actually uh, incorporated a table that clicks conveniently right into that uh, wheel well. So you're going to have a, a nice prep area, whether you're taking a, a small griddle with you, you know, entertaining your friends and family, you know, more space you have. But the good thing with this product as well, on top of that, uh, this is the largest pass-through storage in the industry, right? So, you know, if you are traveling further, uh, staying out longer, uh, you're going to be able to fit a ton of uh, the amenities that you take with you on a normal camping trip in a small package with the hitch product all right so let's uh fold out the stairs open the door and walk inside take a look at uh, the right side as you're entering and describe what we would see if we were there with you big thing is going to be a, a queen size bed a true queen size bed right so 60 by 80 um you know so that that definitely that um that sleeping amenity that you have with the bed uh, for taller guys, I'm 6'3", so um, definitely that sleeping uh, is going to be a huge plus for our, our customers, um, as well as uh, some of the conveniences, uh, that solar that we talked about earlier. In this bed, you're going to have a solar monitoring system, so you're going to be able to keep a conscious eye on that as your battery levels, uh, and you can maintain them, right? Um, as well as iPad holder, um, and then as we go kind of through the, uh, the unit, you're going to notice something about the flooring that's a little bit different from what you normally see it's actually a, a marine grade woven flooring so this this product is an amazing tough durable product uh, that you're going to see on all the marine industry right cool looking and it's going to be a very durable product uh, for this unit obviously we're pitching you know that uh more all-terrain go off the beaten path kind of product uh, we want the flooring to be as tough as the unit is right so yeah um also in this unit too, you're going to see some great features, solid surface countertops, right? Where, uh, you know, a big thing is we, we didn't want to skip out on the, the true luxury of this unit. Uh, the interior design of this unit is absolutely elegant uh, with our uh, beautifully designed slab doors. You're going to have a gas electric reefer that's 5.7 gas or electric. So that's going to be able to rerun off uh, your uh, 110 hookup. Or if you're, again, going uh, disconnected from you know, a power source on solar, you'll be able to run this refrigerator on gas, um, seamless countertops that you're going to see here on the uh, rear dining table, uh, tons of seating here. So this is a great unit to be able to entertain uh, friends and family. Um, actually, this fabric that we actually put on our dinette cushions is going to be a, a water resistant uh, fabric that we put on that as well, too. So, you know, if a little bit of water spills on this, it's going to bead right off of it. Nice. Um, also, this dinette table uh, breaks down into a bed as well as uh, you can see the natural lighting that's in the back of this unit is second to none with three large windows uh, to let in just a ton of natural light in here um, as well as uh, going back into that front 
you're going to have a 12 volt TV. So again, uh, some of these amenities just running on 12 volt, uh, as well as this actually has a WineGuard 360 air antenna. So you're going to have a Wi-Fi Ranger. It's going to be able to pick up uh, farther Wi-Fi signals, as well as a TV booster as an antenna. Uh, also, this is actually this antenna is actually prepped for a 4G LTE hotspot. So you actually can buy that portal directly from WineGuard and then call your set uh, your cell phone provider, whether it's Verizon, AT and T, and then be able to you know, hook a, a hot spot up for that because we know um, as much as we travel and just want to get away from the hustle bustle of everyday life of our cell phones, uh, some of them kids uh, definitely like utilize some of that uh, technology. So it's always good to have uh, when you're going out traveling. You know, I'm looking at uh, the finishes as well. And, and one of the things that I thank you for doing this, uh, using a lighter colored wood finish in a lot of the uh, cabinetry and the and the doors and things like that. It, was that a conscientious decision on your part? Uh, yeah, we have uh, an amazing team here at Cruiser. Uh, we have a designer. Her name is Andrea Graves. Uh, she she designs all the products here at Cruiser RV as well as she oversees all of DRV, which is a, a, a other part of our company, which are basically uh, our, our high-end luxury fifth wheels, basically the Escalon of uh, fifth wheels in the industry. What about storage? Uh, it looks like you've got storage in places that you know, generally I don't think uh, I've seen it before. Can you describe uh, the cupboards and closets? Yeah, I, I mean we we more more drawers and more storage and and that's what we we go after, right? Um, and that's something that every consumer that we sell to from a from a wholesale to a retail basis that they ask for. So uh, we were able to pick up a lot more depth uh, in you know your overhead right next to the the kitchen. Uh, the kitchen countertops we were actually able to pick up four to six inches more depth so it's great to fit a hanger which a hanger is about 18 inches so we're able to pick up more hanging space as well as we were able to pick up uh four awesome drawers underneath the queen size bed as well so that's going to be a nice storage area as well for uh again and being in this small of a, a unit being 20 feet it's awesome to have this much storage I'm enjoying the fact that there is a shelf above the bed. Uh, want to be careful about that when you're driving, but when you're not driving, that's probably pretty handy space. Absolutely, yeah. It's definitely usable, functional space that, uh, you know, that we actually put some bungee straps up there as well, too. So, you know, when you're getting on that camping trip, a lot of times you're bringing a duffel bag with you with, uh, you know, three, four or five days of clothes. And, uh, you know, you're just going to unpack and then throw that bag up there or, you know, keep uh, extra pairs of shoes or that. I mean, again, I don't think, uh, you know, as much as anyone camps, you can't have enough storage, right? So, and it's definitely was a, a huge idea when uh, the design process started on this product line. Well, let's uh, let's end in the galley, the kitchen, and uh, if you can just kind of show us, walk us through the layout there a little bit. Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, in this it's kitchen area again, solid surface countertops is a. It was a huge part of this too to keep that true high end feature. It's a it definitely visual and uh, functional amenity with this product. Uh, we did a large uh, uh, circular base sink uh, with a metal faucet. Actually, our, the sink actually has a built-in cutting board or sink cover as well, so it can, it can second as uh, prep space on the countertops. If you had to narrow it down to one 
25 word description of why you like this and it is unique. How would you describe that, John? Hitch and go. Uh, it's a unit that you're going to be able to hook up onto a Friday and be back on a Sunday. Uh, easy for storage. Uh, and honestly, the amenities are endless. You know, I, I'm going to need more than 25 words. <laughs> what hitch offers right well uh so so if we want more than 25 words we're gonna uh, what's the website address we should go to learn more yeah it's uh www.cruiserrv.com uh as well as you can reach out to us uh on our facebook page we're on uh instagram uh have a youtube channel which there's uh, a, a decent amount of videos already on the hitch product on our youtube channel as well as uh we thought we did a pretty fun one on tiktok as well uh which is a new social platform for videos there's 60 seconds uh I, i'm actually in that with a bulldog and uh it's a pretty uh pretty fun uh interactive video so and we'll be able to tell who the bulldog is and who John Jones is. Absolutely, I, I hope so. I, I really, really hope so. That's great, John Jones with Cruiser RV. Uh, thanks for taking us on a quick tour of the new hitch. If you want more information, you just found out how to get it, and you can always go to RVTravel.com. Tony Bartle has a uh, great piece in there with some of the details as well. John, thank you for being a part of the RV Travel Podcast. Absolutely, it was my pleasure. And if you want to stay in touch while you're traveling, or if you're looking for all oh, the things that will help you become self-sufficient as you transition to full-timing, look into americasmailbox.com. These are the folks who kind of pioneered this world for those of us who are considering uh, changing our residency, if you will. South Dakota, one of my favorite states, is a great place to go. And America's Mailbox can help it all seem seamless. You can uh, get a quote on vehicle insurance. They will help you with your registration your residency requirements, and all sorts of other things. If you want to learn more about them, just go to americasmailbox.com. Whether you're moving your residency or just moving your rig to a different campground for a while, the topic keeps coming up. Thank you, Emily Woodbury for publishing the survey in a recent edition of rvtravel.com about this question. In general, do you believe RVers are friendlier than the general public? Yes, much friendlier, say 37% of you. Somewhat friendlier, say 43% of you. No, not really any friendlier, say 19%. And 2% of you, man, you must have gotten up on the wrong side of bed. You think RVers are less friendly than the general public. Of course, data is only one part of the uh, equation. The other is the comments. Cindy says, have found so many wonderful, friendly people. Just smile and it opens up a conversation. So true, Cindy. And sometimes you get a bushel full of lemons out of that as well, by the way. Don says, I've camped and hiked for 40 years and it's ever been thus rvers are open for discussions talks gatherings campfire chats musical entertainment we do avoid politics and religion most of the time 
Jen says, one of the things I'd hoped for when we started our full-time RV living six years ago was to make some lasting new friends. She's still working on that. But uh, Jen, don't give up hope. Maybe you ran into that 2%. Uh, there are more out there, and uh, I'll bet you'll make those friendships eventually. And stick around. We've still got Eric Johnson from Techno RV. He's going to give me and hopefully you some advice on all that technical stuff you need to stay in touch with a family with work if you're so inclined, or anything else in the world that is outside your RV. So stick around. But first, cargenerator.com. Learn more about, look. well, I don't know how to describe it except as what a clever idea. You don't want to lug around a big, heavy, smelly, noisy generator, but you still need that kind of power, whether it's an emergency situation at home or to power something in your RV cargenerator.com is where you can uh, read the blog, figure out how that it might help you in the future. It involves uh, some heavy duty clamps and cables that go from your car battery to your RV or to any, basically anything that needs 110 volt power. All the details at cargenerator.com. Okay, so this is uh, plaguing me right about now because we are starting to do more and more work in places other than this place right here, which is my studio. And to do all that, I need better cell phone coverage and other technological assistance. So I thought I'd go to the source. TechnoRV.com is probably the best resource you could find for this sort of stuff. But beyond that, talking to Eric Johnson over there, I think we're going to get some helpful information. Eric, welcome to the RV Travel Podcast. Hey, it's always good to be here. Thank you for having me today. Are, are you an RVer yourself? Yeah, so we, we kind of got a unique situation here. So I, I've been, uh, me and Tammy uh, have been full-time RVing for six years now, and we run our business from the road. So it's, uh, we definitely got to have a lot of connectivity to do that. <laughs> well, that's great because there are others out there who may not be full-time in it yet, but who on a, a periodic basis need exactly the same things you do. So let's just jump right in. Okay, here's, here's the situation. Somebody um, makes podcasts, writes magazine articles, and produces a television show, and they'd like to be able to do most of that stuff from their RV in places that are less civilized than this spot right here. Yeah. What are the fundamental basic technological devices that we're going to have to lay into that rig? Yeah, so so this is a friend of yours, right? <laughs> asking for a friend, yeah. <laughs> asking, asking for a friend. I, I, I got you. So you know, it, it's when when you're on the road. I mean, there's there's two ways to stay connected. You're you're looking at uh, connecting to cellular, which is the local cell towers, or you're going to need to connect to somebody's uh, Wi-Fi connection. If you're at a Wi-Fi by park or you know, a Starbucks or something, they'll say that, hey, they, they've got Wi-Fi. And that's basically you jumping on their system. And uh, so 
you know, for somebody that really needs to stay connected, the most dependable way to do it is, is through cellular. It's connecting to the cellular towers. But, you know, with that, they, there can be problems because, uh, you know, you got to have good cellular signal. And the further you get away from the towers uh, or the more congested a particular tower is, then your signal strength and is going to go down. And then, therefore, your experience is going to start to suffer. So, you know, the goal as it relates to, to cellular is to try and figure out, hey, how can I get the best signal strength to my device so that I can, you know, have, have the best experience? So, uh, you know, our, our cell phones and our devices come with these adapters in them that are designed to, to connect to the cell towers. But, you know, they're kind of weak and uh, really not designed for the RV lifestyle and for people that really want to, they want to get unconnected, but they still kind of need to stay connected too. And so typically what you would do in a scenario like that is that you would uh, employ a device that boosts that cellular signal strength. And they're actually just called cellular boosters. And what they do is they the, there's like an antenna that would bring in a weak signal from that lo local cell tower. Well, I assume it's weak, uh, but let's say it's weak. It says, it says this weak signal comes in, and then that antenna pushes that signal through an amplifier that then boosts the signal. And then within your RV, you would have an inside antenna that rebroadcasts this boosted signal within your RV, sort of creates this boosted zone in your RV. And then if your devices are within this boosted zone, then uh, you're going to have better signal strength and therefore a better experience. It's kind of like bringing a little piece of the cell tower inside of your RV. And uh, because, you know, in your RV, you know, you've got the, the walls of your RV blocking the signal. And then, again, if your location is, is far away from that cell tower, you can have issues there. So, you know, that's probably step one is, is uh, you know, with the scenario that you're presenting to me, and not knowing many more specifics is that a cell booster is going to probably be something that someone would want to consider. Is, is it the, uh, I mean, are there a lot of choices out there? I know I've, I poked around on your site because I'm personally interested in this as you've all mm -hmm. figured out already. Um, are there choices based on what uh, type of rig type of cell provider? How, how do we choose the best one? Well, you know, the, there there are different brands out there, and and part of our business model is that you know, hey, we're full time RVers. We we use all this stuff, and so what we'll do is is typically if we take on a product, we'll go out and test a lot of the different brands, and then we just pick the one we think's the best, you know, based yeah. on our experience. Yeah. And uh, you know, somebody may have a different opinion, but uh, you know, the WeBoost brand has sort of been the industry standard for a lot of years. If anybody's looked at at cellular boosters, they're definitely going to run into this brand. It's the year. It's the it's the brand we've um, used uh, for a lot of years. They're super dependable, and uh, you know, outside of that, you know, you're looking for, you know, what kind of gain am I going to get from a particular booster? And some of this is dictated by uh, even the FCC. So that, like, for a vehicle that's in motion. You can only boost uh, 50 decibel gain. So, you know, you'll see systems out there that uh, are max out at that 50 decibel gain, you know. And then if you run into a system that's like, well, this one's got 
65 decibels. How, how can this be possible? Well, that one's not designed to be used in motion because if you're, if you're sitting in one location, uh, then you could get a system that maybe has more gain. The issue sometimes there, and it's not really an issue, it's, it's just that those systems will typically have a directional outside antenna. And when you have a directional outside antenna, the setup on it is, um, is a little bit more than when you have an omnidirectional because when you get to, say, your location, you're going to need to know where that cell tower is in your area and then point that antenna towards that cell tower, where with an omnidirectional antenna, you just put it up and it just picks up everything. Uh, a, a directional antenna is, is good because it, uh, because it's directional, it doesn't have the noise of 360 degrees. It's just really laser focused on, on one area. But yeah, I mean, I, I would say, uh, you know, anybody looking, do your due diligence. If you're asking me, I say get a WeBoost. And, uh, you know, if you want wanting sort of the easiest setup, I would probably get one with an omnidirectional antenna. Well, then what? I mean, I'm not a do-it-yourselfer. I'm prevented from using power tools when anybody else is in the building. Yeah, uh, I got you. Especially when I'm messing with electricity. Uh, so, yeah. so is this the kind of thing? Who would who would install something like this for a dope like me? Yeah, well, you know what? It, it, it's the, the the thing about it is is I am I'm a simple person, and and I present things in a, in a simple manner, and and the way I operate around my own RV is in a simple manner. And I've never really been crazy about you know doing these big installs on my RV with drilling holes and all this. That typically intimidates uh, people, and understandably. Um, and so you know, on my cell booster. What I've done is, uh, I, and I needed to come up with this because I would get this question asked a lot, is, is how can I do this without drilling holes in my RV? And so we have, um, on our site, we have something called a, a suction cup mount. And so what you can do is, you know, any smooth, non-porous surface, obviously a suction cup is going to be good. with. Well, these are high-powered suction cups, so you could actually suction cup that to your RV with a pole in it that has your outside antenna on it. And then what I do is I run my cable through my slide gasket. Sure. So I'm not having to, yeah, now I don't have to drill any holes, right? So there's, um, there is a little trick to it. And I've, I've uh, uh, made a little video about this over on our YouTube channel about, hey, here's the little trick to making this happen. But man, there's so many people doing this now. And you don't have to drill holes, so you don't have to worry about the leaks and all that. I mean, th those people out there that are comfortable with that, hey, go for it. Uh, do a permanent install. But if you're not comfortable with it, it doesn't mean you're out of the game of having a cell booster. Okay, so where does the power come from? And, and does somebody w who, who knows what they're doing need to connect this whole thing to, to a power source? Yeah, so, you know, there's three components to a cell booster. You have your outside antenna, which we just talked about. You yeah. can put that up on the suction cup mount run a cable inside that cable then connects to the second component which is that amplifier now that amplifier needs to be powered so we're talking about just plugging into a wall outlet you know and you're and you're pretty much done with it right um you know some people you know like to hardwire these things into different sources and if if that's your thing go for it but you know it's easy enough just to plug it into a wall outlet and you're kind of done and then and then the third component uh, of a cell booster is that inside antenna. So you, you got the outside antenna screws into one side of the amp amplifier and then your inside antenna screws into the other side of the amplifier and then and then that's it. It's it's uh 
if you do it like that, it's it's really an easy setup. Well, if we don't have shore power, though, we're going to have to run a generator, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, you, you can definitely uh, run it off of a 12-volt source. Oh. Uh, you know, so that is uh, that is possible, too. Um, you know, there's just some some add-on uh, power supplies that that you would add to that kit, um, and, and then you could, I mean, you can plug it into a cigarette lighter at that point and and do that, or you could, I mean, you could hardwire it just directly into your 12 volt system with the, with the appropriate accessory. Okay, all right. Well, that's good to know, and I appreciate the education. Eric Johnson is at TechnoRV.com. I'm Scott Linden. You can find the podcast and everything else you want to know about RVs at RVTravel.com. Uh, including the new podcast page. So everybody take a look at that. I sure appreciate it. Eric, let's switch gears and head on over to somebody who is still uh, still working with the flip phone. No, 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 no. Not quite that bad, but they, they don't want to do all the things we just did, but they still, they got a, they got a cell phone and they're out in the middle of nowhere. Um, the first question you just answered a moment ago and that is get out of the rv and you'll probably get a slightly stronger signal am i correct on that oh yeah yeah you know what if, if somebody's like hey I, you know i don't want to buy a sale booster give, give me some practical tips on uh you know how, how can i have a better experience and, and not spend any money uh then yeah absolutely if the you know line of sight is super important as it becomes as it relates to uh cellular so uh, you know, uh, getting a getting closer to the cell tower. I mean, hey, we're getting real primitive here, right? I mean, it's <laughs> it's it, 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 it's uh, there are uh, some some signal source type uh, apps that you can uh, get for your phone, and then they'll tell you where the closest cell towers are, and, and then you know, hey, if if, if you're you're boondocking or something, and you have the choice to be closer to a tower, then why not do it, right? And then uh, if you're Inside of your RV, oftentimes, uh, you know, that phone call that keeps dropping on you can, uh, that, that situation can sometimes be resolved just by stepping outside of your RV and, and, and getting on the side of your RV where you know that cell tower is, and it's just enough to, uh, to maybe hang on to that phone call. So, yeah, absolutely. I remember the, uh, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I don't know if I've ever said it before. I remember the old days when there were exterior antennas on your cell phone. And when you were fly fishing, you could touch the antenna to the fly rod and the graphic graphite fly rod, so they say, acted as an <laughs> antenna. It was, yeah. was somebody pulling my leg <laughs> well, you know, you, you see these movies and, you know, people people get to this tinfoil and do do all kinds of things like that. Hey, I, I'm not a cellular engineer, but, uh, you know, I, I suspect there are some uh, do-it-yourself uh, DIY type, type things that you can do to escalate. Hey, you know what? If I'm out fly fishing, I, I feel like I just want to focus on fly fishing. At that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, so so get closer get an app that maybe will tell you where that tower is if you don't know already you know i'll bet somebody in the campground if you're in in one of those probably has already figured that out anything else we can do with our phones i mean buying a better phone is there such a thing do some have better reception than others well absolutely yeah i mean i you know i guess that would be the other thing that that uh that we should talk about is that the newer models uh, have stronger, you know, output power, uh, stronger antennas to receive power. 
Uh, so, you know, the, the, this, this communication thing is, is a two, two-way street. You know, you've got to have the, the power to hear the signal come back, which comes from a, a, an antenna. And you have to have the power to speak your signal out. And, uh, and, and so, you know, if you can increase the power of both of those uh, uh, lines of communication within your phone by getting, yeah, an upgraded phone that's got more power, then, yeah, absolutely, that can make a big difference. Because, you know, we start talking about flip phones uh, versus, you know, say a brand new whatever model you want to go with, uh, you're definitely just going to have a better experience side-by-side side if you're comparing those. Okay, I promised not I promised not to ask too many dumb questions, but here's, here's <laughs> one final question. So my battery, is, I'm always, I'm so notorious for not charging my phone enough. So when my battery's at 12 and 15%, does that affect the ability to send out and pull in a signal or is it good till it's dead? Well, you know what, that, that's a, that's an excellent question. And you know what I've learned along the way is, is if I don't, if I don't know the, ex, the answer a hundred percent, I just say, I don't know. And this is one of those cases where I guess, <laughs> I guess I'm like a fail out on you here. So, so I'll go if, so maybe it's not a stupid question. I can go ask that question of somebody else because now you got me curious. <laughs> okay, and, and and as long as you get back to me, I'll answer it on an upcoming yeah. RV travel podcast. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> hey, we'll get hey we'll get it covered one way or another, right? <laughs> okay, that sounds good. Eric Johnson is at technorv.com. All sorts of answers there. Yeah, I'll be at your YouTube uh, channel real quick because I'm going to have to do this one myself, I think. Hey, thank you so much for being a part of the RV Travel Podcast. Hey, it's great to be here. Thank you. And on that note, I'm going to call it a day, at least a podcast day. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Eric Johnson. Thank you, Roger Marble. Thank you, John Jones. Thank everybody who participated in the Facebook discussion and who answered the survey. It's a lot of fun talking with everybody. I hope you'll do more of it with us. Call me at 541-382-1726 or go to the podcast page at rvtravel.com and talk to me via the message uh, form there. Love to hear from you. If you've got something to share an opinion, suggestion, tell me where to go. No, not like that. I mean, for real. If you haven't subscribed yet, you can now do it at Google Podcasts, or you can also rate and review us. Visit the website, rvtravel.com. Take the poll. I'll leave you with this. It's a chestnut. Use it on your grandkids. Knock, knock. Who's there? RV. RV who? RV there yet? I'm Scott Linden. Thanks for listening. See you down the road.